Good morning. Today's homily in six words is a question, but it's not a question I'm expecting to hear an answer to or get a show of hands about. It's a hypothetical question. It's a thought experiment question. For every individual, if you choose to, to privately kick around in your mind for the purpose of learning something about the subject and about yourself. Okay, today's homily in six words. Would you have freed your slave? Would you have freed your slave? Remember, it's a hypothetical. This is not about personal history. It's about the personal present. And the question isn't about freeing your slaves, plural. It's about freeing your slave, singular, because that's the subject of today's second reading from the epistle of Paul to Philemon, which is the subject of today's homily, primarily because this is pretty much a totally unfamiliar scripture for most or all of us. There are 13 letters attributed to St. Paul, but the consensus is that he actually authored only seven of them, and this one is considered a definite. Nevertheless, it's not talked about much, possibly because it's something of a dynamite stick sitting in the bottom of the box of the epistles. It barely made it into the lectionary because it's read only one time in the three-year cycle of readings on the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, cycle C, which is almost always the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, which is a little ironic when you see what it's all about. The next time you hear Philemon read will be September 1st, 2025. So this is a good time for a good look at a little letter that says a lot. I asked Judy to print a few extra worship bulletins today so there would be enough for everyone here to take your bulletin home so you can have the text in front of you if you want to reflect on the question this week. Okay, unless you happen to study this reading before you came to church today, you may, not, you may have no idea what it's about. So I'll begin with a summary. Philemon is a well-to-do citizen who lived in Colossae, a town in Asia Minor, now Turkey. He was attracted to Christianity through the preaching of St. Paul, who baptized him and brought him into the church. It was a custom in the Gentile churches for the Christians to gather in the homes of the wealthier members of the community, and so Philemon's home became the local parish center. They gathered there weekly for Eucharist, most likely led by Philemon or his wife. We probably would never have heard of Philemon had it not been for the fact that one of his household slaves, whose name was Onesimus, 
His slave one day ran away, and we think he probably swiped a little of the family silver as he slipped out the door. Onesimus ran away to the nearest big bad city, which was Ephesus, sort of a wild port city like Norfolk used to be. <laughs> Anybody here remember Wolfie's Tavern <laughs> down at the foot of Granby Street? As you might infer from the name, think everything the Convention and Visitors Bureau doesn't want people to imagine when they hear the word Norfolk. <laughs> that was Ephesus. Lots of people came and went in and out of Ephesus all the time. So Onesimus probably figured he'd just be another face in the crowd and never be found because runaway slaves were punished severely in that society. Well, as it happened, while he was living in the underground of Ephesus, he encountered an old familiar face, his master's preacher, Paul. Paul was in prison because of his recent activities, which had not endeared him to the local government. Among other things, and here's a Labor Day reference, he'd gotten the silversmith's union in an uproar because he was denouncing idolatry, which was their stock in trade. Their biggest source of income was making little silver statues of the pagan gods for your dashboard. <laughs> Paul's preaching was putting a hurt on the local economy. In any case, that preaching had the same impact on Onesimus as it had on his master Philemon, and Onesimus got baptized. Well, then what? Paul was in a real dilemma. Here he is harboring Onesimus, a fugitive slave of his personal friend Philemon, who also happens to be the senior warden of the church in Colossae. Onesimus may have expected that Paul, with all his connections, might put him on the Underground Railroad and away from any danger of being caught, but he didn't. Instead, Paul provided the Christian West with a proof text for 1,800 years of maintaining the institution of slavery. But that's another, not a homily, that's a very long conversation. Paul said, no, nope, you've got to go back to your master. And then he, St. Paul, sat down and wrote this letter, a personal note to his friend saying, okay, Philemon, look, forget the past. You didn't need those salad forks anyway. <laughs> Let bygones be bygones. Receive your slave back but not as a slave. You see, I baptized you both, and that means you are a new creation, and that means you and Onesimus are brothers in Christ. So think of it this way. You're not just getting your slave back, you're getting a beloved brother in the bargain.
How great is that? Try to picture the look on Onesimus' face when he trotted back to Philemon's front door with this note clutched in his hand. You know? Hey, bro. <laughs> How you feeling, Phil? May I call you Phil? Here, read this right now. St. Paul was smart. He turned his problem into Philemon's problem. So what's a master to do? He had three options. Number one, punish him. The law allowed him to kill Onesimus, or to mutilate him, or to have him publicly whipped. That might impress the public, but what about when the church gathered in his dining room next Sunday? Number two, reinstate him quietly. You know, just go back to your job, enough said. But then what would happen to discipline in the household? Number three, he could set him free. Can you imagine the run on the baptismal font the day after that happened? <laughs> Paul says, because of Christ, Receive him as your beloved brother. A simple request with huge implications. That's Philemon's problem, which, by the way, was the title of a small book written by a Roman Catholic priest back in the 70s, the 1970s, last century. <laughs> Some of us remember that century. He wrote a book titled Philemon's Problem, which he subtitled, and this is where we're going with this, he subtitled it, The Daily Dilemma of the Christian. Philemon's Problem is the Daily Dilemma of the Christian. The Daily Dilemma of the Christian is, how do I live my life every day with consideration for the fact that I have been baptized. What are the consequences of being a new creation in Christ? For Philemon to do what Paul was asking him to do here would have meant going against all the social conventions of his time. And it would be reasonable for us to imagine that there might have been a little pushback from Philemon at this point. As in, everybody's beloved and equal because of Christ? Was that somewhere in the pre-baptismal catechesis and I missed it? Because I don't remember anyone telling me that was part of the deal. Well, we don't have any idea what happened next. There's, there's nothing in scripture or tradition that reports the outcome of this story. We're left hanging. Which maybe that's a good thing, because it's rare to never that any of us are gonna be faced with a situation as dramatic as what we see described here in this scripture. 
But Philemon's problem is our problem, too, is the daily dilemma of the Christian today. And we have an advantage on Philemon because we today are told and reminded every time we celebrate a baptism that this is part of the deal. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons and respect the dignity of every human being? When we respond with, I will with God's help, this is where we make the connection between baptism and everyday living. And by the way, the reason we have that reminder in the rite of baptism is due in part to someone who's sitting right here today in this church this morning. That would be Father Joe Green, who's happily back with us uh, after several weeks away. You, you may remember last December, he shared the story of how he and others involved in the revision of the Book of Common Prayer worked tirelessly to get the phrase, respect the dignity of every human being into the revised baptismal liturgy, which was done, but at the very end of the process, a committee decided to drop it out until Father Joe got up and started arguing and wouldn't sit down until the phrase was put back in. So, so, so it is literally the case that if it weren't for Father Joe, that would not be in the prayer book today. Or we might say, thanks to Father Joe, we have no excuse <laughs> for not understanding the daily dilemma of the Christian. Where were we? We today are told and reminded every time we celebrate a baptism that this is part of the deal. We're going to encounter it in much simpler and less dramatic ways. It's going to require vigilance to notice when it comes into play. So maybe in the end I should stop calling it Philemon's problem and start calling it Philemon's challenge. Because even though all things have been made new, that's not going to be obvious to the world unless we make it obvious by our way of life. The old order may have passed away, but the new order is waiting on us to be ushered in. Would you have freed your slave?